you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, Scotty Reinschild, and newcomer Brian Reeves. Hey guys. How's it going? How are you? Pretty good. Um, exciting show here. We got a uh, newcomer, Brian Reeves, here with us. Um, so we're going to start out to learn a little bit about you, Brian. Um, you're really new to the team, so let's start that. Uh, how did you get on Team Tafosi? Well, I've been a big fan of the podcast for about a year now. I've been following you guys, listening every week. Um, I've always heard the, you know, for the last little while that you guys have been recruiting and just kind of was headed back from the Rolex in the car, was listening to a podcast and was like, hey, I'll send you guys an email. What's the worst that can happen? You guys can only say no, right? Yep. So, I know, well, we have said no, by the way, to some people. <laughs> it's well, never always a guess, but. Luckily, you guys gave me a shot. I've jumped in a few sessions with you guys and had a ton of fun with it. Okay, good, because you've been around a very short time, so. Yeah, only about a week or so now. Right. Well, welcome to the Team Tifosi, and uh, we have a lot of fun. We've grown a lot recently, and uh, we're, we're real happy to have you part of it. Uh, so let's talk about how did you get involved in iRacing, and how did you hear about it initially, or learn about it? Uh, well, me and my brother go to the Rolex 24-hour race every year, and... We try to hit all the simulators and all the booths and everything, and they used to run Gran Turismo. And so me and him used to run Gran Turismo at the house. And about two years ago, we noticed that most of the booths started switching away, and they started running iRacing or Forza. And I'm not a big fan of Forza. I'm not an Xbox guy. So I switched over to iRacing about two, three years ago. Wasn't a big fan of the tire model and the physics. Uh, kind of went back to console for a while, and then last year we went, and everybody was running iRacing. And so I just decided to make the switch and have never gone back. I have, in the last year, bought almost all the content and have got the bug really bad. Perfect. That's exactly how we like you. So, <laughs> uh, well, based on that, how often are you racing right now? I know it is the off season, but. Well, this is uh, my first full year. I just finished up a first full year using iRacing. I've kind of played around in almost all the series throughout this year, kind of seeing what I like. I really love the oval side. There's nothing else like it out there in the market right now that does what iRacing does in the oval side. And I've really fallen in love with it. I wasn't a big NASCAR fan before I started using iRacing and have absolutely fallen in love with it. Okay. And are you running a, a car or what? Yeah, I'm running a car right now, and I try to jump into the IMSA series whenever I can, but I don't really have the time to do setups in those cars anymore. So I run, I love running the smaller stuff, like uh, skippies are always fun because there's not a whole lot of setup to do in them, and there's races almost every hour. So they're real oh. fun to hop into, but I'm trying to focus on NIS this year. Yeah, I think most of our team is. Um, great. And we do run a road side of our team as well, which I'm sure Carlos is very pleased to have you, uh, somebody with road experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm real excited. I did the, the 24 hour, the, the iRacing 24 hours the week before I went down there and got all excited for it. It was a blast. Um, 
had a lot of fun, did almost five hours straight in the car because we had issues with the relief driver for me who didn't have the rating. So I had to do uh, two or three extra stints, but had a ton of fun with it. Ah, wow, that's a challenge. I always am like falling out of the seat by the second stint. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, after about an hour and a half, you settle into it, and it's just the same old thing. Just keep turning laps, stay consistent. <laughs> yeah, you get into that rhythm, huh? Yep. Okay. Uh, so when we so another question off the how often do you race? Uh, so when schedule season starts, do you have an intention in your mind like which races are you going to run? Are you going to run Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Saturday, Sunday, or just like one of those, or what? I'm going to try to run one out of each day. Um, I work early morning, so I go to bed rather early, so the, the late afternoon ones are going to be tough for me. But, you know, I'm probably going to try to do the, uh, was it the 7.30 and the 9.30? Try to run those, and or whichever, what, I don't know what the NIS season is. I kind of got into the oval side halfway through NIS last year, so I'm not familiar with the schedule. Yeah, so I'll... I'll tell that for everybody's sake uh, real quick, but the open, open sets is Wednesday and Friday, and then I think early Sunday morning, uh, based on Eastern time zone. And then when I when I say uh, Wednesday, Friday, that means like uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Perfect. Yeah, I'm going to try to run those. I'm going to try to do at least, you know, one of the days a week in the open and one in the fixed. Um I'm not a big setup guy, so I've been doing a lot of the fixed stuff and had a lot of fun with that. It just kind of takes that aspect out of it so I can kind of focus more on my driving and focusing on the inputs and trying to be smooth. Yep. Yeah, and a fixed runs Thursday uh, night and then Saturday morning and then Sunday night. That's fixed. But, um, yeah, I'm, tr I know I'm normally on almost every day. I try to run at least one race every day and I'm always in something practicing, testing, tuning something, playing around. Yeah, our team's been real busy this week. I haven't been part of that, but I've been watching from afar just working on sets and people getting together and trying, you know, tweaking sets and looking at, at telemetry and stuff like that. Yeah, there's been a lot of activity lately. Yep, a good times. All right, let's see. So we talked a little bit already about what series you plan on normally running and what you've been running. So let's go right into what type of wheels and pedals do you have there? I'm running a Thrustmaster T300 with the uh, the Ferrari Alcantara wheel. Um, and I've got a set of uh, Thrustmaster uh, V3 pedals. I'm really happy with them. Um, when I went to the Rolex, I got in a rig that was running a G29 setup and was absolutely appalled at the pedals. The load cell has spoiled me. Oh, yeah. I think our teammate Jose has those V3s, and even maybe Brad. Oh, they're great. For the money, you can't go wrong with them. And you mentioned uh, a Ferrari wheel. Is that some kind of extra add-on to the Thrustmaster? Um, it's a kit you can get. Um, I found it. It's uh, the Alcantara wheel. It's uh, I forget what it is. It's a 28 or 30 millimeter wheel, and it's the suede rim. Um, bigger a little bit bigger so you get a little bit better feel out of it um i found it on they sell it as a kit it's one of the things on thrustmaster's website it comes with a set of pedals but i ordered just the base and the rim on ebay because i knew i was going to get the pedals separate right all right well that's a good uh that's a good place to start uh what are you doing for monitors 
I was running an old 26-inch TV, but I just recently, as in Monday, built in a new computer and bought an Oculus. Holy cow. <laughs> what do you think of that? I love it. It is uh, going from one screen for the value that you get out of the Oculus for 600 bucks. It's incredible. I mean, you can get a triple setup for that. But you're not kind of what you, yeah you're not going to really get what you want out of the triples like you can out of the Oculus. Yeah, you can get small screen triples for that. Like if you want twenty sevens, like I got, I had to spend more than that. Yep, and coming from a single screen, it's it's absolutely amazing. I can see where people like Ray Alfala or you know other people who have better setups who are used to you know better resolution. You know, I was running on an old laptop, so I just built this gaming computer and now I can actually enjoy all the eye candy so it's great I, mean, I would have been happy if I just would have been running it on my old TV compared to the laptop but with the Oculus it's just a whole nother level okay and what do you think after wearing it for like an hour or something is it like are you sweating or honestly it's not that bad and I'm, I'm wearing glasses and it doesn't bother me right I mean, I did uh, I did that A open, and uh, I did the hundred lap uh, Daytona practice with you guys with it on, and it didn't bother me at all for that. It's really it's not as not as bad as you feel it. Um, there's really good adjustments on the side. You don't have to cinch it down super tight. And another question: Do you feel like you're better with the Oculus than you were with the single monitor, or worse, or the same? I feel like I'm better. Um, I haven't done enough testing to see where my lap times are with everything. You know, I've had a bunch. I've just set it up Monday, so a bunch of people have been coming over and wanting to try it and play with this. So I've only had a few days to really sit down and do some testing with the team. Um, but I, I feel like I'm a lot better. I can actually see my line through the corner. I can track where I want to be. You're you just you have way more spatial awareness compared to where you are to everything else on track and all the other people. It's it definitely makes you feel like you're faster. You feel more stable and secure in the car. How are you handling uh, uh, strain relief of the cabling or the, and the cabling itself? And what are you doing for sound? Are you like trying to wear it with a headphone or what? Um, I'm using a separate 7.1 headphone with it. Um, the cabling's not bad. It's just the computer's pretty close to the and it's got a good, like, 10-foot cable on it, so I can walk all around this room. I've got it in with it on. And you have, like, a strain relief on the cable? Like, so, like, if somebody doesn't step on it, it rips your head off kind of thing? Or um, No, I just keep it kind of coiled right here by the base of the chair. Um, so I kind of have a little bit when I lean every which way. Um, I run it right beside my headphone cord, so it really doesn't give you any more strain than if you're used to wearing, like, a set of headphones when you race. Okay. I, I've never ha had a chance to try them. I'm excited to try them. Sure sounds like uh, fun. Tell us briefly a little bit about your computer build. Uh, what What's your main components there? Um, I decided to go all out because I knew I was going to do VR, so I decided to do a new i7-77K yeah. processor with a uh, MSI Pro Gaming Carbon motherboard and uh, 1080. Well, you, that's a good choice. That's probably what I would have done too. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's awesome. I have every single thing in iRacing turned all the way up, and I'm getting a solid 90 frames all the way around the track in, in the Oculus. All right, and your air or water cool? Yep, water cooled. Oh, of course. Yep. And what about the case? 
Um, I've got a, uh, is it a cross, crosshair? Um, can you see into it and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's all windowed. It's a white windowed case. I forget the exact model number. Nice. What about RAM? I'm running 32 gig. Of, wow. Uh, what is it? It's uh, 3200 speed. And Windows 10? Windows 10. All right. Well, that's a, yeah, that's how it should be done. Good job. Yeah, it was the first build I've done since uh, I was in high school. Since the first full computer build with having to go through the setup of the BIOS and load the operating system. And it's really not bad for anybody who's thinking about doing it. It's not bad. Watch a YouTube video. You talk yourself right through it. I've done it three years ago, four years ago. I built my own. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, it's just big kid Legos. If you can build Legos and count you know, knobs over and just kind of go through a book, you can build a computer. Yeah. All right, well, cool uh, hardware there. So what are you using third-party software at all besides just the SIM and TeamSpeak? I have Z1. Um, I used to use it when I was running the laptop to see gate lap times. Um, but now that I'm running the Oculus, I really can't run any third-party. Um, I do when I'm watching other people. I kind of split-screen it and run it still so I can keep track of everybody's lap time on track while I'm spotting. Right. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into the MoTeX stuff that the team's been using. I haven't really dove into it yet, but I'm looking forward to get into it. Yeah, you need to look into voice attack, especially with the goggles, because it's really handy just to be able to shout out commands and it work. <laughs> yeah, I need to look into that. I haven't done any of the voice-activated stuff yet. I need to start looking that direction. So you got to buy voice attack, uh, the full version. I don't know how much it is now, maybe 15 bucks. And then you got to get this other guy wrote this plugin called Digital Race Engineer. I think Dave Smith was actually talking about this um, on Facebook just yesterday. But anyway, I trialed this software last fall and it works and I still use it. I use the free version of it. There's a free version and a pro version. And uh, with the plugin, and the voice attack, you don't really have to program anything besides make sure your key, your keyboard uh, mappings match up well with what the plugin guy did. And he basically set all the keys to default. That took him a while to get to that point, but he did. And so if you run your keys to default, you, you can really plug and play with it. That sounds awesome. I need to give that a try. I remember hearing you talk about it months and months ago, but I haven't heard anything since. I'm really interested to give that a try. Yeah, I got it mapped to a button, too, on a different button on the wheel. So I had a problem with it listening to me all the time. And, you know, when I was talking to the team or whatever. So what I have, so I have it set where you can push the button and talk to the digital race engineer. Then you let go of the button and uh, it takes your command. That sounds perfect. Well, it works good with the goggles because then you don't have to be, you know, fumbling with button boxes or keyboards. Yep, yep. That's the one thing. I've been trying to relearn where everything is since I've set it up and trying to try to drive by Braille there. All right. Last question before we move on. What's your most memorable iRacing moment? Um, it's a toss-up between the my first endurance race that was I just did during the last 24 hours at Daytona and um, probably my second win in the ovals in the rookie class. The, uh, my second win was really good. I played it really smart, started in 
like fifth or seventh or somewhere in the middle of the pack and just kind of stayed back and let everybody kind of wreck themselves out who were battling for first and stayed there. Just stayed in third and with about five to go, just kind of made my way up and only won it by like a tenth of a second. It was a really good win. There you go. Yeah, those first ones are always uh, memorable. Yeah, the first one wasn't a very clean win. I kind of bumped a guy and got it, and I wasn't too happy with it, but that was a really good clean win that I actually fought for. Well, we'll get you a win this year, this season, in the NASCAR sanctioned series, the NIS, and that'll be real special, I'm sure. Oh, I can't wait. I've been looking forward to it. I heard about it. It's a tough season. I tell you what, it's 36 weeks of, uh, you know, just like the NASCAR boys do, and... Sometimes it's a grind, and sometimes you get wrecked, and you have up and down weeks, you know. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I like the way iRacing does their scheduling, where you actually have seasons. But I really am looking forward to running one that runs all 36 weeks. Yeah, it's the monster. So, as they call it, the Monster Cup. Okay, so let's jump into topics, guys. Uh, so I'll read them off, and everyone jump in if you want. And. Uh, first up was just an update on Team Tafosi. basically. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but we continue to race A, B, and C official races uh, for the last couple of weeks, basically, you know, preparing for the season. Uh, been lots of activity with testing, and um, we got several polls, wins, and top five so far uh, in the last couple of weeks in some of those events. We have participated in a few 100-lap Daytona races as well. Scotty, do you know any more about those? Uh, not really. I uh, I didn't have a chance to participate in any of them myself. I believe uh, Tafosi hosted them. Uh, I think Kyle set it up. I know a lot of our team was in the races, and uh, I think they they left it open to allow others to come in as well. Yep. I don't remember the results. I, I believe that Jamie might have won one of them. Uh, I heard uh, another one that might have got pretty messy and there wasn't many cars left towards the end, so they might have just called it early. But they've definitely been out there doing laps, working on the Daytona setup, getting ready for uh, the opener here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I was in one of those. Uh, Jamie, the one Jamie won. I got wrecked out, and most people got wrecked out early. Um so I didn't really have a chance to run the race, but it was exciting to get everybody together. And we had a big presence in this hosted room and uh, some old friends actually stopped by Don King and Ryan Eckstein. We'll shout out to them and raced with us. But uh, yeah, I mean, Doug George and Jamie Martin, they've been real active as well, working on setups. So um, everybody, really, there's been a bike, uh, lots of us, lots of the team working on that. So, exciting. Yeah, I would say uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see us do one or two more of those in the next week or so. Yep. We're getting close to the 500, boys. Um, okay, moving on. We had a forum post uh, from Mark Bratcher from Georgia. Uh, woke up, uh, he basically started a, fo a forum post and says... Uh, he lost his rented home to fire. It burned up. Um, woke up in the morning, like 3 o'clock in the morning, and had to call 911, and the entire house was blazing. 
they don't have renter's insurance and homeowners did not have insurance on the home, so they lost everything. There's no insurance. So he has a GoFundMe and it's called Bratcher Rebuilding Fund. So if you search that, you'll find it. And boy, he's almost got a thousand dollars raised already. So people have been helping him out. I don't know if all these people are iRacers or not, but um, uh, lots of support in the forum posts for this guy. And, you know, uh, it's kind of neat to see the community rally and, and help a guy out when uh, when these kind of things happen. So when I look down at the list of uh, people that have given, I recognize a bunch of uh, iRacer names. Uh, for example, I'll just throw them out here because these are good guys. These are the guys that make this community great. Doug Roth, Joshua Witherspoon, Michael Maine from Maine Performance, James Petty, Joe Hudson, uh, Ryan Buhler, Dennis Ellis. Uh, all these guys are iRacers, and uh, they're kicking out their own cash and helping this guy out because him and his uh, family have totally lost everything with no insurance. So... Check him out. It's Mark Bratcher, B-R-A-T-C-H-E-R. Yeah, my, my heart goes out to him. That, that has to be a terrible thing. I mean, you know, his his stuff for iRacing, he seemed pretty passionate about it. I'm sure that's pretty low on the totem pole compared to all the possessions they've lost and having to, to rebuild their life, basically. So, so I uh, don't know if Mark listens, but uh, I'm praying for you, Mark, and uh, I'll definitely throw in some money on that. Uh, well, so our hearts and prayers go out to you, Mark. I'm sorry for your loss, but anything we can do to help. Yep, and you know, just talking about it on the podcast, I'm sure helps. We have a huge audience, and um, hopefully our audience is uh, going to check this guy out and uh, help him out. So he's got the uh, GoFundMe. Good luck to you, Mark. Uh, next up, let's go to. I got to get to the right page. RaceBot live broadcasting has announced they're going to have support series now, uh, running on the same day as the F1 races. So now they're going to have minor series running that'll be broadcast before the big race is broadcast of the F1 guys. So, uh, kind of a neat announcement. What do you guys think of that? I think that's really cool. I didn't hear about this, but I think that's awesome. RaceBot does a really good job with their broadcasts. I'm glad they're picking up some minor series like this to throw some more broadcast out there. Yep. Yeah, I I, uh, I happened to run across this in the forums right after they posted it, and I think there's a lot of neat things about it. One, I think it'll bring uh, more viewership and, and attention to the Grand Prix series uh, that I believe at least here in, in the United States probably gets skipped over because they run pretty early on Saturday morning Yep. Uh, and maybe this will give a reason for some of us to get up early and, and try to participate in this and, and uh, I think that, that another really neat thing about it is that they're kind of opening it up to everybody. I think they've got some minimums like uh, uh, you have to have a C 3.0 and over 2,000 2000 IR on road, uh, but then it's a qualified field. So, you know, you're not eliminated just because you don't have a, a pro level uh, I rating. Yep. 
Uh, so what they're going to do is Saturdays will start with the 25-minute sprint race in the Formula Renault 2.0 machine. This will be followed by Porsche Super Cup, a 30-minute race in the Porsche 911 GT3. So, uh, yeah, so that's what you're talking about. You can get involved in those minor races, the 25-minute sprint race, Formula Renault, or the uh, Porsche. And it looks like there's even money on the line. It says first place, 100 iRacing credits. Second place, 50. Third place, 25 bucks. Yeah, and I, uh, I hope this kind of spawns into the oval side. So maybe on Tuesday afternoon, early evening before the peak races, maybe we could have a truck and Xfinity race, uh, a short race before the, the peak race. Not a bad idea. Yeah, pretty cool of them to get that uh, going. Um, that would be kind of neat, qualifying races and see who could maybe make it into the peak races <laughs> instead of having locked in people. Uh, give you, yeah, exactly. give, you, give you a chance to kind of get to know some of these guys who you'll end up seeing in the road to pro at the end of the year that you'll uh, eventually see in the peak next year. You know, kind of give these guys a chance to get their name out there and let some people start following them. Yep. Okay, so next up, let's talk about SimCraft. Partners up with the team, as they call themselves, with capital letters, the team. Uh, so basically, they got a, themselves a sponsor. Uh, so that's Kenny Humpy and his team. And uh, congrats to Kenny uh, for for landing that sponsor with the rest of his guys, uh, Justin Bolton, Cody Bias, Dylan Duvall, Kevin King, Chad Lawton, and newcomer, guess this, Tenny, Denny Hamlin is on this team now. And they introduce him as newcomer to the team, 2016 Daytona 500 winner, Denny Hamlin, North Carolina. So we've been talking about Denny for uh, for the entire offseason. He's been all over iRacing. And now he is part of a Peak Antifreeze Series team. So my question is, does he have, he doesn't have the license to run the race though, the actual peak antifreeze race. I think he's still a, an A license as far as I know. Well, you know, iRacing, uh, uh, bump him in anyway. I can't imagine they would do that. I, I'd say a lot of it was probably somewhat publicity. Maybe he has aspirations to, to, to handle that down the road, but, uh, I think it's a neat deal. I mean, I, I'd love to see people like Denny more active in our community and, you know, to see him joining a team, hopefully it's not solely a marketing ploy and he's going to stay active maybe even through the summer and we'll see him in some NIS races and, uh, you, you know, active through the summer. I kind of assumed that once uh, Daytona hit for uh, the Monster Cup that, that you'd see him kind of disappear for the summer, but this might be uh, some insight that he might stick around after that. Well, remember, Tuesday is Denny's day off, basically, you know. So it might work out where he wants to race on Tuesday nights, you know. Yeah, and I, I would say he, I mean, obviously, real world, he has the skill, but in the, in the sim, he's been 
really doing well. I've, I've seen him win a lot of races, and, and he's always up there at the top. Oh, yeah. I, last time we looked, his win percentage was outstanding. And, of course, having a, a peak-level team backing you for setups, I'm sure that's not going to hurt. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, if they let him race on Tuesday nights because last I saw him, he was an A license. So, yep, he's Class A, 3.46. His I rating is 42.36. It's interesting to see how fast his I rating spiked up over the last few months, too. Oh, yeah, the graph is, like, straight up, you know, and his win percentage, 19.3%. He's won 30 times in 155 starts. He has 74 top fives. From what I can tell, when he is on uh, the sim racing, he's on for like five and six hour stretches, racing everything he can for that five or six hours. Yeah, it shows his last race yesterday, Class C fixed, uh, Michigan. He finished 16th. So, yeah, well, welcome, Denny Hamlin, die racing. Welcome to the NASCAR Peak Antifreeze Series, and welcome to the team, as they call it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. I hope they let him run. You know, a pro like that, who's actually a NASCAR, you know, Monster Cup Energy star, you know, and a previous Daytona 500 winner and all these other things, Joe Gibbs Racing, he should be like grandfathered into it, you know, the peak series, you know, if anybody. That would definitely bring some appeal to iRacing. I'm sure on the racer side, uh, you know, they may not like that free pass, but as the, a sim as a whole, I mean, I, I, I can imagine that would increase viewership tenfold by, if nothing else, just his fans from the real world maybe picking up and watching that broadcast on Tuesday nights. Right. And then NASCAR start, you know, twittering about it and whatever it just takes off. Yeah. It's a it's a good thing no matter how you cut it. So I hope it does go somewhere. Okay, so let's move on to the next topic. iRacing announces world championship invitations. And so they basically named off all the people that made the Peak Antifreeze series. And I guess I'll take a moment and just read them off real quick. Ryan Michaeluza, Derek Bardu, Bobby Zielinski, Marcus Richardson, Brian Schoenberg, Jimmy Mullis, Nolan Scott, Tyler Hill, Christian Challoner, Chris Shearburn, Blake Reynolds, Kyle, Put Kyle Putz, Joe Letterial, Zach Novak, Chandler Krizik, Philip Diaz, Trey Eadson, Alex Bergeron, Jack Nichols, Will Cooley, and Peter Bennett. So congrats to those guys. We were going to get Alex on the show, and I totally forgot. Sorry, Alex. I'll call you next time. Uh, some other shout-outs I want to shout-out to is uh, Marcus Richardson and Derek Bardot. I used to run with these guys back in uh, Nordgar days when Nordgar was around doing his league stuff. And, boy, they've come a long way. Now they're in the Peak Series. Uh, congrats to them. They also named off the uh, 2017 iRacing World Championship Grand Prix Series drivers. 
such as Bono Huiz. Now, I'm not going to name all these names. It, these are really hard. But uh, interestingly, Alex Bergeron made both the Formula One and the Oval side. He's in both of them, guys. Yeah, I've, uh, I've come to know Alex a little bit uh, from the sim, and, and he puts in a lot of effort. I know he's on uh, Team Apex uh, based out of the UK, and uh, I know they banded together for him and, and working together. He put in a lot of effort and made it uh, on both sides, which is pretty impressive. Big time. Now, we've seen that before with the Sturgio brothers, right? Uh, but I, yeah. I can't remember anybody else really doing the crossover like that. I think, uh, didn't Ray Alfala do it in the beginning and then kind of oh, yeah. dropped out of it? Yeah, early on, Ray did it, yep. But that's a lot of time commitment to put uh, towards the sim racing to be able to, to prepare for both series. Yeah, you wonder how he uh, supports himself, he's got a job, you know, those kind of things, because you're right. I mean, we've talked to a lot of peak series drivers on this podcast, and they tell us about, hey, it really does take hours and hours of preparation a week for these races. Right, and uh, I know uh, Christian Challoner, uh, Doug was a, a teammate of his for a while, maybe over at Black Adder, and Doug said he's a really great guy, too. So I, yeah, we've got a lot of new blood coming into the Peak Series that, that uh, will be fun to follow. Yep. Okay, so next up, uh, again, uh, Peak Series news. Uh, this time, uh, Ray Alfala and Brian Blackford will be working with VRS to provide data packs and one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. And so this is the virtual racing something. I forget the name of it. VRS is uh, what they call it. Virtual Racing School. That's it. And uh, so they got a sponsor for their series, uh, you know, for the Peak Series. Uh, so they got paint jobs on their car. They look really sharp. Uh, white with uh, blue lettering. So congrats to them on getting a sponsor. And what do you guys know about Virtual Racing School? I've kind of seen this on Facebook and I've never really looked into it. I signed up for it uh, when they first kind of started promoting it. I've used it in the road a little bit. Uh, I think they maybe dabble on this in that story, but they haven't really had much of an oval support for it. Basically, racers, uh, they've got a group that kind of helps them, I think. And then as a member, you can also submit your data. And it's just a tool that it basically like a telemetry tool where you can kind of submit your data and compare it to others, maybe overlaying it to where you can see where they're faster versus you're faster, uh, what kind of speeds they're going into turns and what gear they're using. And uh, so this is, a, I don't have a lot of experience with it, but it's pretty neat that uh, somebody like Ray or Brian will, will be hopefully sharing some good data there for people to compare to. But I don't know how much it will. Yeah, we, we lost you there for a second. Yeah, I was just looking at this, and this looks like that guy that's not on a team. He's a single guy who, want, who wants to do yeah, telemetry. With driving as much as just giving you some benchmarks to, to work towards. 
Okay, you were cutting out a little bit there. Uh, yeah, so it's just a telemetry thing, but you can compare with other people uh, as part of the service. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, perhaps you'll be able to compare to Ray. I'll follow himself. Uh, we'll see how that works out. And it, you know, the other part of it, it says, is one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. So I guess that means you could hire Ray Alfala to come coach you one-on-one. -on -one. We'll have to get him on the show and ask him about that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm pretty interested in seeing what they're going to do with that with the oval side. Right. Okay. Let's uh, move on. iRacing on Twitter. Uh, we get a lot of our news from the iRacing Twitter account. Uh, they put up a few different uh, Twitters that we took note of. Uh, one of them is, uh, Hey, NASCAR returns early on iRacing with the annual iRacing Daytona 500. Experience the great American race. February 22nd through 26th. And they copying, of course, the NASCAR Twitter handle and the Daytona 500 Twitter handle. And, um, yeah, just promoting up our race and getting ready for the 500. So, um, you know, I think NASCAR retweeted that as well. And, uh, you know, Daytona 500, um, you know, Daytona Speedway also re retweeted it. So it's getting its exposure amongst the, uh, the fans out there, you know. Uh, another one was <clears throat> the dirt cushion is now implemented for our dirt testers, which moves up the track over the course of the race. So they're referring to the beta version of uh, dirt that the testers have been working on that hasn't been released yet. Did you guys see that picture that they put out? Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. You can see little dirt piles, basically, is the way I, call, I describe it. If you've been to a dirt track, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's really something to see. I can't wait till they release this. It's going to be an absolutely incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, in a, uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting uh, deal for all these guys looking forward to dirt. I know that the cushion is a, a pretty important aspect of you know, being able to pass people on the outside and ride that cushion around. So I think that just means they're, they're another step closer to releasing it. Yep. And then finally, another Twitter, uh, 17 days until the 2017 peak auto series begins, uh, NASCAR peak auto series featuring sim racing's top oval drivers with a prize pool of over $20,000 and some more, uh, promotion out there for the peak series this time is that uh, is that a bigger prize pool than normal yeah, i think it was 15 last year they make a, a pretty big deal out of of the champion getting uh 10k but I, i've always wondered uh what the payout is down from that I don't think I've ever seen an actual grid, you know, that shows it, but. Yep. Uh, so that's, uh, that's Twitter. All right, let's go on. Next up is maintenance is announced for guess what? Valentine's day. And, uh, they didn't say at all on the forums what it's about. It just says 
we're coming down for system-wide maintenance about two hours so obviously speculation ensues <laughs> about hey they're bringing it down for dirt because they said they're going to bring dirt when it's done you know and not wait till the next build so this has got to be it you know why why else are they doing this on valentine's day be interesting if that's what it is but i'm not gonna speculate i'm just gonna sit here and wait and hope it's something really cool so chris page uh did pipe in on one forum post who he's an uh an employee and he, he here's what he says about the maintenance we're upgrading some core infrastructure we are most likely going to avoid any sim and web changes to help isolate po problems that might pop up so it sounds to me like it's a hardware change. Yeah, maybe we're uh, upgrading to some more servers, better servers that'll help some of those connection issues. Or even a completely different data center. I mean, who knows? Um, I don't think they own their data center. I think they're renting. So maybe they're moving. Core infrastructure is the key word. So what does that mean? That means the servers, you know, or the, the network. It'll be interesting to see when they come out with the release notes, how in-depth they go in detail on that. Yeah, so there was a theory about the dirt, and he kind of shot that down. And, you know, Chris isn't going to lie. You know, if it, he says they're going to avoid any SIM and web changes, so they're not touching the code. They're, they're just going to change hardware. That's what that means. Uh, okay, so next up, passion for sim racing. Uh, we saw um, uh, a forum post that basically, you know, how do you display your passion for sim racing? And interesting poll uh, person, Ray Alfala, actually posted up a picture as his reply to this question of uh, his big giant checks that he's gotten at the end of each of his championship seasons and he's got two of them hanging on the wall and he's got the latest one that uh, he's holding up in his hands yeah and i uh, that was a pretty cool picture and i think that uh, the original poster was he the one with the license plate that says sim racer uh i'll have to look at that yeah he has a license plate from virginia that says sim racer that's pretty cool that's Barry Rowland. Uh, but an interesting thread, and it was, I thought it was interesting to see uh, Ray's giant checks that he hangs on his wall at his office. That's pretty cool, Ray. Uh, another poster, the, the last poster on the thread, Scott Bolster from Michigan, he put up a picture of his uh, late model car, and he's got a big iRacing sticker on the back quarter panel. So what about you guys? Do you guys uh, have some kind of promotion, promotional thing or advertising that people can realize that you're involved in sim racing? Not at the moment. I mean, I try to keep my cars with as little stickers and stuff on them as possible to promote like outside of this, but my race room's got a ton of posters and stickers and stuff up in it. I mean, when you walk in here, it's definitely a race room. Yeah, I'm... I wouldn't say that I'd try to promote it outside of uh, my general 
uh, racing friends, but I, I do my part in, in spreading the word about iRacing. Uh, I'm fairly new to iRacing, and I'm surprised I didn't hear about it before I did. Once I heard about it, I instantly joined. Uh, as you guys know, I've jumped in uh, head first, and I feel like I, I need to tell people about it uh, because I, I don't think it's promoted well to the to the general person involved in, in racing or motorsports in general. I still, every time somebody comes over to my house, uh, that is, uh, you know, in, involved in motorsports with me, uh, you know, I show them the rig, I let them get in it. I, you know, I try my best to, to set that hook in them. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, my office, obviously with my rig and my seven different monitors and stuff, it takes up the whole room pretty much. So, but yeah, outside of my office, yeah, I don't really advertise in any kind of way, but, uh, I would, I think it'd be cool to have big giant checks for my racing to hang on the wall. You know, but I'm really jealous of the ring that he gets, actually. Okay, moving on. Uh, iRacing has announced uh, we've partnered with VLN to bring the VLN series to iRacing. Uh, there's going to be a few updates to the series this year. They're adding the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup. And they're removing the Kia Optima, which was the least popular car in the series. Uh, the race will be held the weekend prior to the real-world VLN races. So kind of like we do on the NIS. You run the races before the real race. And so they announced the schedule and everything, and um, it's a nine-week schedule. How long are those races, like Four hours, I believe. Yep. Well, all of them are four hours except for the fifth one, and that's six hours. And I don't know which ones are which. So what tracks do they run? It doesn't... Oh, it's Nürburgring. Yeah, it's Nürbur, Nürburgring. So that's the... Okay, now it's all coming back to me. That's the Nürburgring series that runs at that specific track uh throughout the year and so this is a mirror image of that but the big yeah the big deal is they're at the porsche cup really is that the only track that vln runs at all years just at the nurburgring i know they have their own layout for the nurburgring but i didn't know if they included any other tracks in that series uh so when it shows track on here, it says Nürburgring uh, combined, and then it shows Gesamtstrecke, some German word, obviously. Um, I don't know if that's another track or not. I don't think that's one that's in on iRacing I, I know of. I it think is. That's it's just the, the VLN layout. Oh, is that the layout of the Nürburgring? Okay. There's Carlos. Yeah, just go back. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Clint Boyer tweeted out, while well, his dirt car team tweeted out, uh, pictures of their car uh, with the iRacing sponsorship on it. And so they got two uh, 
two paint jobs. They got a, a night paint job and a day paint job, basically. And uh, the night one, we got iRacing on the hood as the primary sponsor. So that's just awesome. Love to and, see iRacing getting out there and sponsoring people in real life. Any any time they can get the name out there is good as it is just always good for the sim, man. Well, it's so neat to see it going both ways with Peak Auto. So Peak is the other sponsor on this car. So on the day paint job, Peak is the primary and iRacing is the secondary. And it's vice versa on the night paint job. So what a partnership, you know, that they come in and support the, the big series in iRacing and now iRacing's on the car with them, with Clint Boyer Racing. Uh, you know, it's going both ways. That's just really cool. I, I love what they're doing with everything here on the service. Yep. And, uh, yeah, especially as we get ready to roll out dirt, you know, it's, I think it's important to be on a dirt car, you know. And, uh, you know, Clint Boyer's got a great bur uh, dirt team, you know, and uh, great partnership there, so. Good deal. While we're uh, on dirt, I meant to add this to the to the notes. I guess I did not. Um, did you guys see a post somewhere on, on an outside website that did a story on dirt and verified that when it's released that we will have our own uh, I rating and safety rating on dirt? I did see something about that, and I, I think I followed it for a little bit. And I, I kind of, I think I left that with the thought in my head that it was um, unsubstantiated. Yeah, I know it was on an outside source, but uh, it, from the, if I remember correctly, reading the article, it seemed like maybe that the one of the people involved in writing the story was possibly a one of the, the alpha or beta testers. So maybe they have an inside uh, scoop on that. But that that'd be great. I know that makes. Uh, will make a lot of people happy uh, and probably get a lot of more people involved in it when it releases. I don't know. I, I really doubt it just because I think we would have heard about it before. You know, they've been really open about this and how the progress has been made. You know, we've, we've seen videos and screenshots and, and updates on social media and such about dirt since they started it. And, for this just to come out of the blue here, just as they're about to roll out, you know, I just think it's too good to be true. We've heard from Tony Gardner previously that they were not doing this. He said it specifically. Yeah, you're right. It is funny how certain things they're a bit secretive on, though. Like, uh, you know, when Ray posted that video of him racing the, the 360 sprint car, uh, he didn't show a, a screenshot of the actual race. He only showed him working the steering wheel. So I would imagine that that was under direction that he wasn't supposed to share that kind of footage. But that, that was interesting. Yep. Hashtag fake news. That's my guess, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, next up. Uh, other Facebook stuff I found was some thread on one of these iRacing groups uh, in the comments. Uh, this guy, Ed Adams, uh, posts up a YouTube video of his, you know, him racing in his rig. And he basically has created a roof over his head with like, uh, you know, some kind of cardboard or something. <laughs> and he's 
so he's got triples and he lays the cardboard across the top of the triples basically to kind of have an enclosed feeling or enclosed cockpit kind of feeling and then i think he's painted it black yeah i tried to open this link up earlier today but i guess it it was linked to a facebook group that i'm not a part of but uh, that's interesting i I, you know i'm sure it gives you a little more immersion and and less distraction and uh, ties you to the sim even more well and the other thing about this video is his fov is is too good I, I mean i think his fov is too much actually but he's got it where that the center monitor is like right up against his, as close to him as possible and his left and right are literally almost at a straight angle going back towards his head uh it's not the typical correct angle he's really got him angled probably more than he needs to but uh it looks pretty cool because it really does look like kind of a cockpit the way he's got it set up uh so yeah check that out his name is ed adams i don't know if you can find him on facebook but Okay, so moving on to the next story. Uh, Fanatec direct drive wheel is confirmed. And uh, simracingpaddock.com put up a story uh, this week about this uh, with actual uh, video as well. But um, here's what they say about it. This is the first true confirmation we have that the next generation Fanatec wheel is going to be direct drive. We also have some details gleaned from this as well. From the context of the thread, it looks like the Fanatec direct drive racing wheel be will be compatible with Club Sport wheel rims. Um, that means this could be a great way to get into the direct drive market but still have access to a decent range of wheel rims. It is worth mentioning that this could be, this could make the Fanatec direct drive racing wheel exclusive to Fanatec rims, but that could be remain to be seen. Uh, basically, there was a forum post on the iRacing forums, and one of the guys apparently involved with Fanatec was going back and forth with some other guys about it, and they were basically saying uh hey we might have you test this thing so it's that's where the source of this information comes from really is the forums yeah i mean that'll be really interesting to see that play out because i have a direct drive wheel uh and going from i know my the wheel and pedals i used before i upgraded uh were a cheaper Thrustmaster setup, but I went from feeling like I was uh, steering a, a toy game to my hands holding the wheel of a real race car. It, it was a huge night and day difference. Uh, you can turn the power up to where it's very unrealistic, but once you get it set pretty realistic, it the feeling and, and the, the immersion is way deeper uh, once you get to that direct drive, uh, you don't feel the clunkiness and the, it doesn't feel like it's just shaking the wheel. It, you know, it feels like you're actually rolling over bumps and hitting transitions. 
So, Brad Miller, you joined us. Uh, what do you think of this? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, they say direct drive and this, that, and the other thing. And I've been using my G25 for, golly, eight, nine years. So I guess I'd have to get one and play with it, really. <laughs> now, what, what kind of pedals do you have? The V2. Right. And I love them. I thought you had the V3s, but no, Jose does, right? Yeah. Yeah, his are, his are the step up from mine. And Brian, uh, you know, when you went with Thrustmaster, did you look at Fanatec? I did, and if they would have had that new, uh, what is it, CSL base, probably would have bought that over the Thrustmaster. It was just what was in my price point that had the most force feedback and Honestly, it works with my PlayStation as well, so I can go back and play PS4 if I want. Right. But I did see uh, Fanatec just, I, saw, I don't know if it was today or yesterday or whatever, but they just released a new set of V3 inverted pedals that look really sick. Oh, yeah, I saw those. Yeah, those looked really nice. Scotty, did you see those? I think I sent you an email about that. I missed that one. I, I did not see that, but I do know that, uh, you know, inverted pedals uh, give you a whole different feeling. I'm wondering if they're going to make it as a kit to where you can attach it and move your brake and clutch to invert those like they do on their new setup. Right. Yeah, so when I saw them, I, if I remember right, the the gas pedal was not inverted it was just the other pedals yep the gas is still the same just the clutch and brake are inverted right so it looks really sharp uh it's on their uh their front page i just pulled it up their website pedals v3 inverted but it's a pretty neat looking base uh you know there's a base to it uh, where there's a bottom to the base, a piece that goes up 45 degrees up, and then across, and then the pedals have a place to hang from. So it's a pretty neat-looking design. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I was looking at inverting mine because I'm ready to build a wood rig. Um, but I think I'm going to leave them alone. But if they make a kit to invert my clutch and brake, I might look that direction. I tell you, I don't know if a, a wood rig would uh, would be. I mean, sure, there's there's got to be a way to do it, but there's a lot of torque on these pedals when you get get on them. You know, especially with my hydraulics, and I have these hanging off this you know uh, Obutto cockpit. But boy, when I get on those brakes, you know, at the Daytona Road Course going into one, I can look. If I look down, this thing is it, it's tweaking. You know. It, it's being bent, not bent, but flexing, I should say. You can do it. Trust me, you can do it. Oh, yeah, you, you can make it. it. It just depends on what you make it out of. You've got to get it solid, you know, solid as rock. Oh, yeah. Well, it, if you start out with a wooden base and build up from there, you can do it. I mean, you won't have any front to back or side to side movement. Uh, just real good wood screws. 
a big long ones, right? Yeah, that's what I, I've that's what I've got. I've got a wooden base. My B2s are mounted to them. I have a seat out of a PT cruiser, and I've got my gear shifter set up at about uh, thigh level to where right. that um, it's kind of like you're in a real car where the gear shifter ought to be instead of up here right beside of the steering wheel. I like it, and it's and it's solid as a rock. Right. That's the thing I need right now. That I'm using an old desk, and it is just so unstable. And these pedals, you really got to slam on these load cells to get them to work, and they're not staying where I want them to stay. I got to make so I'm just going to build a whole new setup and di dish, or dish this old uh, desk here, get rid of it, and get something nice and new. All right. Yeah. Going back to the uh, the Fanatec direct drive wheel, w one thing I'm excited about, not really personally because I, you know, I've already upgraded to the the OSW setup, but I think the direct drive wheel scares a lot of people because there's not a lot of mainstream availability for it. The good part of it is that it's all controlled by an electric servo motor that's made for an industrial setting, uh, whether it be machines, uh, milling machines, uh, and the such that, that handle serious loads. And, and there's not a lot of parts that can wear out on them. And they say the the motor itself is virtually indestructible and and has a, a lifespan of you know, 10 to 15 years. So I, I think it, once you see uh, someone like Fanatec release something like this, all these posts about you know people's wheelbases uh, breaking and wearing out should start going by the wayside with, with uh, moving to this technology. Yeah, we saw that a while back, uh, a few weeks ago, somebody ripped their base off. That plus, uh, I know my, uh, you know, w when your base is literally just a servo motor, uh, it, it creates a lot smaller footprint to where you can get your monitors down and up, you know, closer to you easier and it stays out of the way a little more. Yep. Less moving parts, less things to break, right? Yep, keep it simple. What was the wheel that, that we talked about a while back? The CSL that was about half the price of the other one? Yeah, that's what Brian was referring to there. Yeah, I've really been putting some thought into that. And, and I, I, I wish we could get somebody on here that maybe has one that could tell us about it and tell us what they think after they've used it for a while. Yeah, the CSL Elite Racing Wheel for PC, $479.90. Yeah, because I've been, like, that's been in my wheelhouse, <laughs> no pun intended. I've really been looking at those and thinking that's what my next thing will be. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's the, if you just look at the bases... Uh, you have the Club Sport Wheel Base V2 Servo, $499.95, and then the CSL Elite Wheel Base, $299.95. I think one is metal and the other is plastic. 
as far as the housing, and that's pretty much the difference. One thing I did hear was that Fanatec dropped that V2 base down 100 bucks. It used to be 600 I think. And so that's what's given this direct drive story a little bit of credit, I think, is they're dropping the price, and everybody's thinking they're doing it because they're going to release a new one. Right, they'll have another tier, basically. Exciting stuff, man. I love it when these companies come bring out new products, uh, giving us choices out there. Yeah, the only problem is, is, is you know, you don't really run into a whole lot of people that you say no and you can say, hey, you know, do you like that? You trust that? this, right? Yeah. I mean, and and you're talking really, to some of us, you're talking a hell of a lot of money. Right. But, I, you know, I think direct driver would be really cool. It, yeah, you know, my next wheel, I want it to be direct drive, and I'll probably go with an, a more affordable direct drive. So this Fanatec might just fit this bill, you know, if it comes out. So anyway, rumors, rumors abound. Final story, guys, uh, of the day. Uh, real world, what? Uh, I can't even talk. Real world racing. Uh a iRacer gets a top seat in the BTCC series over in uh, in Europe, and um, so he they've joined up with uh, Team BMR is what it's called. Uh, so Ashley uh, Sutton, I pulled uh, his uh, driving record here in iRacing. He's got uh, 21 wins and 62 starts with a winning percentage of 33% and on road. It's been an iRacer since 2013. And uh, just looking at his last 10 races, uh, I see his name as the winner three different times out of the last 10. So uh, obviously a huge talent. But you wouldn't know it by his I rating. I rating 2328, class D 2.53. So that's not even enough uh, SR to run the say the twenty four hours of Daytona. Yeah, he probably sticks to the Mazda. Maybe is that what he usually races? Well, it, it, there's not a lot of starts. That's what I'm seeing here. Or maybe that he did this runs uh, hosted and stuff because this is the official record. So, um, like I said, total starts sixty five on iRacing, but he's been around for several years. I got the feeling that uh, in that thread where somebody announced it or shared it, that it was a lot of feedback from people on there that seems pretty familiar with him. And I guess that would lead me to believe that maybe he's involved with league stuff. Yep. But uh, nice to see somebody, you know, getting a top ride uh, in that series, you know, that's involved. So uh, pretty cool. All right, let's jump into final thoughts and wrap up. Uh, Brad Miller, what do you got? Come on, Dirt. Come on, Dirt. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, ready. All right, Carlos Fonseca. None of them. Are you sure? Yep. All right, all right. Brian Reeves, what do you got? 
I'm just super honored and happy to be a part of this team and super excited to start the NIS season, man. Really ready for Daytona and ready to get started with the team here. Yeah, welcome. We were happy to have you. And on a side note to that, you came on during our recruiting phase, which is now over, folks. We're no longer, we're closed for recruiting. We're full. The house is full. But Brian got in uh, just in time there, and we chose Brian as one of the last people before we actually closed uh, recruiting up. So good job getting in there, Brian. Thank you, sir. Can't wait to race with all you guys. All right. Scotty, what do you got? Final thoughts. I feel like I say this every time in final thoughts, but uh, pounding the pavement, trying to work my I rating up. Uh, it's still on a pretty good incline, which is always a good thing. I'm uh, really getting some butterflies, getting excited about Daytona 500. I'm not a plate racer. I just don't like let, uh, having to race uh, in a situation where you rely on so many other people that you don't know or not sure you can trust to, to determine your fate. But the thought of running uh, the Daytona 500 being what it is, uh, five, 500 miles, 250 laps, uh, it will be my first full distance races uh, that week. I plan to run at least a couple of them. Uh, I'm excited about that, and to kick off the NIS, uh, I'm excited about what I've seen with the team here lately and the experiences. We've got a lot of guys that are uh, really knowledgeable about setups with uh, Doug and Jamie and, and Dave and, and David, uh, and everybody else has been pitching in as well. Uh, but I, I've really been impressed with what we've been coming up with uh, Brad, you know, he, he joined in here. He's finished, uh, I know, a, a few times uh, top fives in the top split in A Open at some pretty stout times where, you know, there's pros involved and a lot of top-level guys, and he's right there in the hunt with them. Uh, I think he's, he's had a couple uh, third-place finishes, and uh, that's really been exciting to see. Uh, heck, even, even me being fairly new in this uh, with the setups we've had. Uh, I've been uh, jumping in a little top split action and finishing, you know, top 10 or at least having a chance to. And uh, that's exciting for me. Uh, I think we've got a lot of good things going for us and, and uh, I'm excited to get this rolling here in another week or so. Yeah, I think it's 200 laps and uh, yeah, beat. Yeah, don't worry about Daytona because there's a lot of us that have that are good at the plate tracks. And so if you're partnered up with somebody on the team, one of the regulars, you know, Brad, Jose, Carlos, me, or Dave Smith or Kyle, uh, you know, every one of them are great plate racers. So it, it's all about having a teammate. Uh, so the trick here is just let's get our I rating to match up so we can all be in the same split. Uh Brad and Carlos are probably going to match up well. I'll probably match up well with, uh, I don't know who, maybe Doug. Jose. Doug and Jose, right. I think you and Jose, I think Jonathan and James and uh, are pretty close to that. Um, I know Jamie and I and, and Doug's kind of right there around us where he could get up to yours or, or down to ours. 
uh, you know, starting the season, Dave and Kyle and and David Thompson. I think almost at every level we'll have uh, people together in the splits to work together. Yeah, that's what I, I really like, how many people we have on the team and the way that we're spread out a little bit on I-rating. Uh, but it's not too spread out where you're by yourself. I don't think anyone's going to be by themselves. Maybe Jeff Walton, just because he's got the lowest I rating, I think, of the group. Yeah, he might end up with uh, Kyle and Dave and, and Brian's down there yep. with him. And that happens on occasion with him, so he can get into those splits where they're at. But those guys are a little higher than they used to be, so we'll have to see. It's all exciting. Uh with like you said, Daytona, you got to have a partner, you know, you got to have friends, you know, especially if you're in the end of the race and you jump to the outside to go for it, you know, you got to have people that go with you and stay with you. Well, I think one of the other thoughts, you know, is is everybody's like, yeah, let's get the NIS started, let's go, I'm going to do great. Uh, there's probably going to be a whole lot of well dammits in there, and so you guys that are a little bit below, uh, we can catch you quicker than you can catch us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it can go the other way for sure. You know, I think yeah. we always forget that. Yeah, I mean, before the season starts, hell, we're all going to win every race. <laughs> but we all know what's going to happen. You're either going to stay about the same or you're going to go down. You might climb a little bit, but... It's a lot harder to climb than it is to go down. All right, cool. Uh, my final thought, uh, excited for the, the season. I got a different work schedule where I'm going to be off on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and which actually is just lines up almost perfectly with running the NIS. So I'll probably definitely be running on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And... Uh, so excited about that. That schedule will be in place until at least October. I don't know what's going to happen after then, but um, it worked out. You know, I was kind of afraid I would get a schedule where it wouldn't be compatible with the NIS schedule and I might not be able to run it. So I've been holding my breath for several weeks uh, knowing this is coming and so glad that it all worked out uh, schedule wise. I kind of was hoping it would. Uh Make sure to hit us up on uh, iRacersLounge.com, or that's the website. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us topic ideas. We love topic ideas. Uh, if you want to be a guest, you can hit us up too. Uh, we'll, we'll get Alex Berger on, on soon, and hope John Hammer is going to come back soon. And uh, with that, we'll see you. Later. Beep, beep. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.